Darren, what a weekend of sport we've had. And there's always something to talk about. And our next guest, he always finds something. Robert Crash Craddock, Chief Sports Writer from the Courier Mail. Crash, a good morning. Good morning, and uh, what a joy it is to hear Jared's voice, Paul, too. What a what an inspiration. There's my first underrated of the day, the great oh, Jared, Jared Jaffe. <laughs> the, 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 I didn't the think I'd ever feature in an underrated. <laughs> underrated. Sorry, well, at least I'm not overrated. <laughs> That's a good one too, Jared. yes. Well, speaking of underrated... At various crash, times you would have been. <laughs> there was so much to pick from uh, overrated, not overrated, but underrated for the weekend. Where did you land? Well, I've got uh, three nice ones, actually. I have to say Craig McRae, the Collingwood coach, who's just revitalised the club... And I'm going to say underrated is not the man himself because when he was with the Brisbane Lions, he was always regarded as a sparky character who organised all their end-of-season functions and, you know, really good guy. But underrated, Jared, is what a positive, happy outlook can do for a stressed-out team, which is what Collingwood were. And I just think Darren Lehman did this with the Australian cricket team when he came in after Mickey Arthur. First thing he said, hey, we're starting off with a beer. And they went to the pub and he lightened the mood. And it's so underrated, that sort of approach. Baz McCullum playing baseball with the English cricket team. It starts with enjoyment. So that's underrated. Second one, Peter Comiskey, the uh, Q Sport boss who retired last week. His effort to get the Queensland Sport Awards up with their Hall of Fame, where you go there in any given year, you'll see Alan Langer talking, Laura Geitz, Jonathan Thurston, Greg Norman, Rod Lavers pass through. Um, a, a, a gentleman who was at the Emmy Awards a few years back attended the Q Sport Awards two years ago and said, hey, can I tell you this? As far as presentation goes, it's hard to tell the difference between the two. It, it is outstanding. Right. And the third one, Jared, is uh, Michael Nesser. I, I just think, you know, he won the Bulls uh, Ian Healy Award and just scooped the pool at the, Q, at the Queensland Cricket Awards over the weekend He's a fine player. I so hope at age 33 he gets a farewell trip to England this year. He's got a batting average of 25 and a bowling average of 23 after 91 first-class games. That is absolutely outstanding. I said to Paul last week, do you find people are more tolerant of Collingwood now that uh, Nathan Buckley and Eddie Maguire are gone? Absolutely. Oh, by... By a significant margin, like you, That's what you I thought. And Jared, it's it's a such a hard thing to turn around such a deeply ingrained emotion. I mean, we're all brought up with it. You have your team, and you hate Collingwood. But guess yeah. what, uh, Craig? Just by being the guy that he is, and the football that 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 they're playing, and I do think having the Dacos boys has. Oh, given them a, a charm which is almost irresistible when you see yes. the sons of a former great playing. But you're right. He, he has turned around the image of that club, which it was a great sport, wasn't it? You can't stand Eddie. You can't stand Buckley. You can't stand the Pies. But it's changed. And, and he and it's yeah. in a season, if you don't mind. Yeah. Crash, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned Michael Nisa there as well. I'm glad he's got two test caps. He probably should have had mm. way more, but he's a, he's, he's a listener to this show. We've had him on many, many times. He's a great bloke. Mm. Well, he is, and the whole story coming over from South Africa at age 10 after his family were carjacked at the lights and 
while they were waiting near the car, the car got robbed and his family said, look, let's let's go over there. He's from a very intelligent family, a family of doctors. And um, I, I just, it's going to be interesting. I think he will squeeze into this Ashes squad. And if Josh Hazelwood's struggling, Michael could easily get a test. Um, in reviewing, have you ever seen a bloke more suited to English conditions? I mean, he's the prototype English swing bowler and seam bowler, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. Uh, I always reckon that one of the saddest things I saw in my career was Damien Fleming never played a test in England. He was absolutely born for the occasion, but never got there. There's no promises. Mm. But, I, but Michael quite clearly this season with an Ashes tour looming and at age 33, it's, it's, you know, this was his moment and he's shone in all forms of the game. He, I think he took most big bash wickets. He dominated the Sheffield Shield, their player of the year. So if George Bailey is the selector, I think he is the chairman. He will say, look, if our competition, the Shield competition is worth anything, Michael has to go to England. You have to reward that sort of excellence, even if he never plays a test there. Like, there's no promises. It's, you know, he's got Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins ahead of him. But uh, I, I think he should go. Well, that was a fairly diverse uh, list of underrated. What about overrated? Oh, well, the Gabba. When I saw the story during the week that the Gabba's been asked to guarantee it's not going to have a power failure during Thursday's oh. game against Collingwood, I thought, that is the bottom of the barrel. I mean, yeah. it was... We're not a third-world country where we're struggling for ele- electricity. I mean, that is... You know, and it's after the the lights went out during the Melbourne game and last year during the Ashes test when uh, a uh, generator uh, boiled over and went pop due to underground difficulties, there's no guarantees at all at the Gabba. So three incidents in four years. And I spoke to a guy, a few of my mates from Fox Sports, and they said to me, when the broadcast went down last year, the Energex boys said, lads... In the power that's located beneath the ground, there are some bad grids in Brisbane, and this ground is right above one of them. So oh, I don't know how you can guarantee anything. I really well, you don't. Can't. You can't. So what you need to do, though, is if Brisbane ever hit the lead in the second half and it's a close game, just pull the power. Yeah, and I urge fans to bring their phones and, and make sure that the flashlights are <laughs> on in your phones. They may be needed, Paul. <laughs> Crash, just on the Gabba, do you get the feeling from what we saw in some of the headlines uh, last week that perhaps this redevelopment of uh, pulling the joint down and rebuilding that whole precinct might not happen? No, I, I think like all Olympic redevelopments, Jared, it'll get pulled one way and then the other then the reality will set in that it will have to happen. You know, you, you've, because it's the one development you have to have, the opening and closing ceremony. Yeah. Uh, uh, the others are on the margins. You know, you're playing hockey at Ballymore, and you say, how much do we do that? Uh, equestrian at the exhibition ground, how much do we invest there? But you have to... Your golden stud is your opening play. It'll happen eventually, I'm certain of it. There'll be an argy-bargy over finances. It'll cost more than you think it's going to cost, but it will get there in the end. And, and I'm hoping that uh, my big push for it is to have a museum for Queensland sport and, and the Olympics... 
and make it a draw card like the MCG is because the Gabba right now, it doesn't even have a grandstand named after anyone. It has no historical gravitas as far as when you walk into the ground. History does not wash over you. Mm. Crash, we have the Broncos sitting five and zip. It's their best start to a season in about 25 years. What has Kevy Walters done differently for this season? Well, he, he, he's just worked so assiduously on defence. And I was watching him the other day at training and when they were sort of working their defensive patterns close to the line, he was switched on mega, you know, really, really focusing. And, and you know, it, it's a simple matter. I think the Dolphins have helped them, Paul, because they've realised it's game on now. We've got a serious opponent. And, and it's it's really pushed them through the system and... and Plus, they've had the return of players who weren't there late last year when they collapsed. Farmworth was injured. Staggs was injured. Um, Carrigan was out suspended. And I've got to give Pat Carrigan a wrap. I, I love the way his game's developing. Like, he's just, as we said, he's becoming a Corey Parker-style player in that Corey, early in his career, didn't have the ball skills but just worked hard on developing them and didn't rush anything. And they sort of happened naturally. Like I was watching Pat on the weekend and he was slipping balls away everywhere. It was real. He is a genuinely top class player and a, and a very respected student from uh, Terrace who, uh, you know, one of their few old boys to really make a, a rugby league mark, isn't he? So, uh, you know, fascinating story. And Crash, uh, it looks like West Tigers, uh, well, plenty of journos are using them as target practice. Surely Tim Sheens can't last the season. Oh, yeah, just... When we started the year, we, we mentioned this, the concern over Tim Sheens, that his ego had got the better of him. And he went out to lunch with some journos and he said, I can't find a coach for West Tigers. I'm worried about it. And they said, why don't you do it? You'd be up to it. Why don't I? 73. Actually, I would. Yeah, I'll do it. And it was the... I reckon it's the worst move he ever made because they're just... Uh, how, how many years is it? Decades since any team's lost five in a row at the start of the season. So your season's gone right now. So other teams start to pick pick across the bones, don't they? And uh, I, 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 you know, we we were asked to nominate something uh, a prediction for this season, and mine was that Des Hasler would be coaching someone by July. So don't write it off. So that's where <laughs> at the West Tigers. At the West Tigers. Crash, it hasn't been a great start for the Cowboys this season. What do you think's missing from last year? Yeah, I watched them grind away in the wet against the Bulldogs. And I think with Drinkwater injured, this that lack of attacking crunch, isn't there? They almost seem to be protecting what they did last year. They're sort of grinding it up the middle and... And Paulie, you you just seeing? I'm just not seeing the same attacking free for all have a go that they had last season, which just seemed to work. Like everything seems harder this year from and uh, and uh, you know they're they're uh, they're just going, aren't they? They're, they've been average this year, the Cowboys. But yeah, hit the nail on the head though. Drinkwater is a big chunk of their attack, and when they were up, remember they they raced out to that 18 nil lead against. The, uh, the Raiders in round one. That was them mm. looking at their usual best. But with him out suspended since the Broncos game for that hit on Corey Oates, mm. they haven't quite been the, the same. And I don't think Chad Townsend's playing as well it's this season as he did last year either. And he's the man that's got to walk straight, the majority of that. And I have to say, the their release... Well, and I can understand why he went to the hammer to Redcliffe 
uh, Hamisa Tabuayo, has been wonderful to the, for the Dolphins. It, it, one of the best signings of the whole competition. He had drink water in front of him. He had to leave Townsville. But uh, imagine if they had him now. You know, like, he, they just need that sort of player. He, he's been wonderful for the Dolphins. But, uh, you know, you, you can't keep them all. And, uh, but that, that, it was a serious loss for them. And I think as the year passed by, it'll even look more serious. Yeah, well, um, that's the Dolphins we're talking about there. They're running out of troops, and I guess that was always going to be their problem, and they've now been tailed up <coughs> by the Dragons. Yeah, and Anthony Milford doing a hamstringing out for a month. He, he's, he's just gone, isn't he? You know, Milford. I mean, a couple of nice little moments with kicks and that, but whatever Anthony Milford was in 2015 when he was a shandy away from leading Brisbane to a grand final win, it's gone, it's done, it's not returning. So... I wouldn't be surprised if they went looking for a mid-season signing as a halfback because they just need depth, don't they? Um, and with Sean O'Sullivan out injured with a pec muscle, Milford gone for a month. Uh, uh, they've got, um, you know, re- they're really struggling for depth now. And I love what they've done. And the cavalry will arrive at the end of the season in the form of Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth. Mm. And, uh, but to win three out of their first five is still outstanding, but it does get hard very quickly, Paul, doesn't it? It does, but one thing I think has been sensational is that those three Melbourne Storm boys, and we haven't seen much of Felice those last couple of weeks because he's been out suspended, but... They've put to, to bed that myth that Melbourne Storm players, once they leave Victoria, don't shine. I, I think the three of them have been fantastic for them. And it's not just what they're doing on the field. It's laying the platform and the foundations for many, many seasons to come. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I know that as soon as they signed those three, they got a whole heap of other forwards who just wanted to play with them. Tom Gilbert in discussions... First up with the Dolphins said, I, I, I want to play with Kafusi and the Bromwiches. I just want to learn what they know. I, I need to be taught like that. I mean, what, what is this secret source Melbourne's got? And, and there was a whole stack of players and they have engaged. And I think there's a happiness to them and, and they're settled. Um, Jesse Bromwich has bought a property out at East Burpengary of about 3,000 metres, square metres, and he paid 1.6 million for it. But, <laughs> That seems a lot, but that wouldn't buy you... What would that buy you in in inner city Melbourne or it, particularly inner city Sydney? Like, personally, nothing. So he's got his dream property. I know, um, you know, players like Jeremy Marshall King are bought locally and they're all excited by the just settling in the region and they see each other. And down at training the other day, a lot of them left on these little mopeds, Paul, so, which means they do live close by... And it's got a spirit all of its own, that club. But the Dolphins got tailed up by the Dragons, as we all sort of sense they might after the letdown from the, the Queensland derby against the Broncos. But there is a spirit there. And, in a, and, and one thing I will say about the Dolphins too is like Craig McRae at Collingwood, they're trying to bring lightness back into the game. They've got a cheeky social media department by design, they said, have a bit of fun with this. We're not going to win a premiership in our first year. Like, just just engage with the people. Have a laugh. Call Wayne Bennett, Dwayne. Well, you know, that just, Dwayne just, Bennett stuff. That, that was very funny. That That's good. <laughs> it, it is, Dwayne Bennett. <laughs> no, I think a lot of that's Trav McLean because he's a funny man, Trav. 
Yeah, and 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 he's been through the system at the Broncos too. And, and sometimes, uh, uh, trade when you had a few years out of the system, you look back and you go, do you know what? If I had my time again, I'd have a few more laughs. And even I feel that as a journalist sometimes, Jared. I look back and I think, I took it all so seriously because the one thing any coverage can always do with is a laugh. And uh, it's sport. You know, let's have a bit of fun. You go to these... Uh, training sessions and they're the most serious thing you've ever seen in your life but w- one thing I've learned about sport is the happy teams are winning teams when when Australian cricket team was up in the saddle you'd go to training and they'd be taking the mickey out of each other and there'd be jokes here and there and it was it was a fun fun environment players used to look forward to getting there whereas the deathly quiet ones oh no <laughs> they ain't going anywhere Crasher the Masters gets underway this week the live golfers, have they played enough golf of late to re serious serious competitors this week? It's like Cameron Smith, he always looks as though he needs to play a lot of golf. Do you obviously he's been practicing hard, but is he gonna be a little bit short of competition? Terrific question, Paul. And it's one look, I, I, I sense he'll be right. He loves the Masters. I think it's it's something like uh, three top five finishes out of his last five starts, which is extraordinary. He loves the course, and he's been circling for a win there for, since about 2018. But there's different sort of stresses, isn't there? There's the live guys, the 17 live golfers coming together with their bitter opponents from the PGA Tour. I mean, all it would take was a repeat if Scotty Scheffler walks on Smith line like he did in a, in a tournament two months ago. You just never know. Will, will they be put off by the locker room? Will there be snubs? I mean... It's delicious theatre. And, and what about at the end? <laughs> what if Smith or Dustin Johnson? They're the two standouts from Liv, for sure. Smith and Dustin Johnson. They both got great records at Augusta. Johnson is a former champion. Um, imagine if they won and, and they had to be celebrated in Butler's Cabin as the Liv champions of the Masters. Wow. What, what, how do you reckon to go over, Paul? don't know. I saw Sir Nick Faldo was saying it's going to be unpleasant for the live guys, and rightly so. So I wonder, is it going to be the current players or the past players that's going to give them the, the hard mm. time? I, I don't know. The, the only thing I will say is, if there's a guy who can carry it off with a, a sense of uh, pleasant decorum and, and, and just roll along with it, it's Cameron Smith. Uh, because he is genuinely popular, it seems, amongst the PGA players. Like, I haven't heard one negative comment about him. But disappointment that he's gone, for sure. No, no question about that. But he said himself, his mates are still his mates. Guys who live around the corner from him that play on the PGA Tour, he still goes fishing with. So there is that, but under I'll, the I'll stress... Make a, I'll make a prediction, Crash. Yep. James Smith would be better received than Patrick Wood, but Reed would be if if Reed were to win the Masters. Yeah, <laughs> oh, hey, I, I have to say I can't say Patrick Reed, but that would be unmissable television. <laughs> oh, Patrick in Butler's cabin with the, with the present saying, Billy. Uh, well, Pat, it's great to have you back again. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that my nose growing like Pinocchio's? <laughs> and tomorrow, Crash, I guess you're heading off to Albion Park. Lancelot Bromack, start number 500 tomorrow. Yeah, I'm thinking of popping down because I, I greatly admire the horse's trainer, Stuart Dixon, who's 
Just, my mind is blown. Lancelot Romack, 500 starts. Think of it, folks. It's basically a start a week for 10 years. And they put him in the same stall at Albion Park, the same number, and he goes in there. They reckon if you let him loose in the in the parade ring, it's, he'd go back to the stall that he knows so well. <laughs> so um, it, it's a lovely achievement, and it's one of the reasons they, we, we love the trots, that a horse could be looked after so well that it could race for so long. But... That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Like, you, you say that to a galloping person and they just about pass out. Well, Mitchell Manners, who is a part owner of Lancelot Bromack and is the principal caller at the Gold Coast Turf Club, he's going to join us tomorrow. We asked him Lovely. about Lancelot Bromack a couple of weeks back and he said he's actually the last horse that won on the Gold Coast. Yep. Jared, can you remember how long ago we had oh, Harness racing on the Gold Coast? That's years ago. Well, he won there. Did he? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And they put it down for the took took to uh, possess the the course for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, and and it's never been replaced as a course. So, yeah, that's an achievement all of its own. Always a pleasure, Crash. Love chatting to you. We'll catch up if not before Easter, straight after it. Yeah, ha- happy Easter, everybody, and enjoy the Masters, and keep your eye out for those delicious moments of subtle controversy. I cannot wait, and we'll talk about them next week. <laughs> Thanks, Crash. There he is, Robert Crash Craddock, Chief Sports Writer from the Courier Mail.